Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Lollipop, lollipop, ooh, lolly, 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 Afternoon delight and welcome to the show that is sugary spiceness and everything niceness on OCRFM, which is ninety eight point three across Colac and District, eighty eight point seven if you're tuned in around the coast and streaming online at ocrfm.org.au. How goes it, Max? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh how's first full week of school back? As good as school can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I've kind of fallen into it uh reasonably well. Yeah. Um, the kids are pretty awesome this year, as always. I don't know. I, I, I say it every year that the, the classes are pretty awesome, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you get when you work with uh, little kids. They're just <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I don't know how high school teachers do it. <laughs> but you're currently kind of up to your elbows in fixing cars again? Yeah, got a weekend off so yep. got to take the gearbox back out get it fixed yep. and put it back in for another week of racing then you're off again uh, can't remember anymore <laughs> too many weekends <laughs> too many weekends stuff. yeah well uh, we've got uh, a big show ahead of us by the look of the <laughs> the table here in the studio so we better jump straight in and find out what's new on the shelf what's new Max, what have you got there? Cookie dough M&M's. Okay, so this is definitely something a bit different for our uh, M&M friends. Um, yeah. We've had plenty of different flavoured M&M's over the years, but uh, cookie dough... Now, with pretzel, they have a piece of pretzel in it. With peanut, they have a bit of peanut. Are we going to have chocolate filled with cookie dough? Is that the... Or is it cookie dough flavoured chocolate? It, on the packaging, mm. it looks like it's an M&M with a lump of cookie dough inside of it. Right, okay. I wonder how that goes OH&S-wise, but... Uh, <laughs> okay, let's let's see. So it's a light pink packaging uh, on the outside, and it does look like red M&M has been scooping in the cookie dough. Bite-sized piece of cookie dough coated in milk chocolate and a thin crisp shell. Okay. So, what's your thoughts on the outset? Well, I don't know if it's just me, but the colours are melting into my fingers from the M&M's. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, they're bigger and rounder than normal M&M's. Yeah, they're kind of in between the peanut and, like, the regular M&M mm-hmm. size. Yeah. So, crisp shell. Yeah, actually, I see what you mean about the melty shells. <laughs> oh, no, I've got a U <laughs> instead of an M. They obviously didn't finish printing it. Okay, so you're having a munch there on the uh, the cookie dough M&M. What's your thoughts? It's definitely got cookie dough in it. Mmm. And it's a 
nice and sweet. It is really sweet. Yeah. The the soft center. So this is the brainchild again of the um, the Ballarat uh, M and M hub or the Mars Wrigley Ballarat Innovation Hub. Yeah. So they really are trying out new stuff. Yeah. Mmm. It's nice. The texture is so different. Yeah. I'm so used to, you know, smooth chocolate center or solid or the, the crunchy pretzel or the crunchy peanut or we've had um, some that have just been flavored chocolate. But this is really out there because it is that soft center. It gives you kind of a, like a, a fondanty texture. Yeah. yeah. And then the crunch from the outer shell. Mmm. So there's heaps of different M&M flavors out on the market at the moment. Mm-hmm. Aside from just your chocolate peanut crispy, you've got coconut, uh, the mocha mud cake, the chocolate brownie as well. Yeah. So uh, mm, this sits well alongside that. Yeah. You definitely won't be able to eat too many. But... No, it is actually quite sickly sweet. Yeah. And do we have a uh, recommended treat-wise? Yeah, 25 gram per serve is about nine M&Ms. <laughs> so um, my uh, trick that I normally do when I go to the movies and pour the bag into the popcorn, definitely not good for you. <laughs> uh, thumbs up. What are we giving it out of two thumbs? I reckon two thumbs up. I, yeah, totally agree. Um, I'm loving the, the texture, the flavor, the difference. And uh, I think, well done, Ballarat Innovation Centre, for uh, ticking that one on the list. I wonder what they'll come up with next. Because yeah. the brownie fudge was kind of a similar sort of texture. Yeah. Hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> on that note, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back to get underway with another Victorian treat. We're going to be shining the spotlight on Daryl Lee products. Max, our focus is uh, Daryl Lee today. Now, we can't look at the entire Daryl Lee range all in one show because <laughs> we would explode. Yeah. But uh, what do you think of when you think of Daryl Lee? Sweet treats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It is a truly Australian uh, pioneer when it comes to, like, I know lots of Australian candy makers out there. Yeah. Uh, and I'm saying candy as in the American Molly <laughs> version just for our uh, foreign listeners. But Daryl Lee is one of those ones that does have a soft spot in my heart because they market extremely well when it comes to special occasions like Mother's Day, yeah. Father's Day, and Christmas. Yeah. Not sure if they go all out for the likes of Valentine's Day, which we've got coming up this week, oh, but yeah. they definitely know how to do show bags. Yeah. <laughs> uh, growing up, I'm, I think of Daryl Lee as the Daryl Lee show bag that you'd always get at the Colac show. And it was all about uh, the mix of licorice and yep. chocolates and Rockley Road. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, we have spoken about on the show before. But uh, what, what's your go-to Daryl Lee product? Um, Do you have a particular favourite? No, not really. But the white chocolate's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And we are going to have a look at a smattering of their products, but the basic history goes back 
um, to oh, 1800s, kind of, um, when um, Harry Lee migrated to Western Australia from London. And he began making confectionery in 1917 at the back of his Manly Corso fruit shop, as many people did back in the, the day. They were, you know, making things in the bathtub to sell. <laughs> but uh, he started his first shop in New South Wales in 1927 at Sydney's Haymarket as a combined milk bar and confectionery shop, and that kind of started it all. Throughout the Great Depression in 1929, a shop became vacant in Pitt Street, and then in 1935, a factory was established in York Street, and he uh, started to expand into things such as his first almond nougat creation called Bulgarian Rock. Then Monty and Harris Lee, the two middle sons of Harry Lee, opened up a manufacturing operation in Melbourne with their first shop in Swanston Street in 1940. By 1957, Harry passed away, and then uh, Morris Lee, Harry's eldest son, opened up five shops in Brisbane in 1966, delivering fresh stock until he retired in 1996. Then Robert Lee, who was Harris's second son, opened up a shop in Adelaide in 1966. In 68, the company was listed on the Stock Exchange, uh, with Daryl Lee as chairman and managing director, where Harris became managing director in 1971. It became privatised again in 1982, and then when Daryl died in 1990, uh, the Daryl Lee Chocolate Factory at Kogara was be rebuilt sorry, with modern machinery due to a fire. Now, 10 years later, some sad news, Daryl Lee went into voluntary administration due to a review of the businesses by its directors who had concern about the ability to meet ongoing financial obligations. So the company was reported to be losing $200,000 a week and half of the company run stores were all just closed like that. So wow. 200 jobs gone. Yeah. Uh, people out on the street sort of thing. Then in September of 2012, it was acquired by a, a Queensland company, the, the Quinn family, uh, who owned VIP Pet Foods. The business was further restructured and there were more job losses, 172 casuals, 246 permanent jobs, leaving only 83 Daryl Lee employees out of the entire operation. So the last company-owned stores were closed by the end of business on the 9th of September 2012. But, as we know, by uh, the magic of business, the Quinns turned around injecting three, uh, sorry, $30 million into it and building a second factory in Ingleburn. More than 500 products were cut from their product line, which halved the annual revenue but stopped the ongoing losses. So instead of churning out you know, like a Willy Wonka factory, heaps of things, they looked at, okay, what do we actually need to sell versus what's kind of selling? Yeah. So Daryl Lee products continue to be sold through a licensed retailer network. Uh, they expanded out into shopping centres, like the main supermarkets, which gave it a wider audience. Previously, having their own individual shops or kind of little stands in newsagents and stuff like that meant that it was a very niche market. By opening up to a, a wider market, you're therefore going to be making more money. Yeah. 
In January 2018, Quadrant Private Equity purchased Daryl Lee from the Quinn family for about $200 million, and Tony and Christina Quinn retained a significant stake in the company for that. Uh, prior to 2012, there were so many different um, products on the line, chocolate boxes, sugar-free products, lots of fundraising items, um, then the lines of Christmas and Easter things, uh, the Rockley Road, as I said before. The company eliminated or put lots of the lesser-known products on hold, and they had a bit of a legal battle at one stage with Cadbury because uh, Daryl Lee was using the colour purple on its packaging, and Cadbury claimed to own the colour purple. Uh, the Australian judge ruled that Daryl Lee was not trying to fool customers by adopting a shade of purple, therefore they could continue to do so. But uh, that is the basic history of Daryl Lee, a product that, uh, or number of products, but a name that is well-renowned within the the, the sugar-consuming community. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to put our uh, chops around some of their products, kind of a run-of-the-range sort of thing. There, there are still... Lots and lots of different Daryl Lee products. We've had lots of their blocks on before. We're not going to be looking at any of the blocks of chocolate today. Yeah. But we will be having a look at some of the uh, the bullets and licorice sort of things. Uh, but they do have soft candies and the um, the BBs, the bigger balls. We've looked at those before in comparison to kind of Jaffa's. But they have mint balls and other flavors. I think there's pineapple ones now as well. Oh. But... Uh, We'll take a quick break and then we'll go head to head after this with some Daryl Lee. Ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in for this week's great confectionery debate as we pit two similar lollies against each other to decide an overall champion. Radio Max, it is time to go head to head with a uh, few of the Daryl Lee products now. We've got a couple of different types of bullets and some of the Daryl Lee twists, plus, for good measure, some Daryl Lee nibs. Now, I want to know what is the difference between a nib and a twist, because to me, they look pretty much exactly the same. So even though we're not focusing specifically on Daryl Lee licorice, the, the licorice that they use is kind of at the centre of uh, all these. They have different flavoured licorices now. It used to be the very traditional Daryl Lee had, and we've again spoken about. It. I don't think we've done a, a licorice show on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. But um, Daryl Lee are very famous for their Batch Thirty Seven, which is the soft eating licorice <laughs> that they developed in uh, nineteen twenty something. It was twenty seven they opened. What? I'll, I'll have to read up on the soft eating licorice. Anyway, that's a different show altogether. Uh, so what we'll we'll do is we'll kind of pit in different uh, segments. Uh, we've got, yeah, the bullets first, I think. Yeah. Um, which traditionally would have um, the, the regular aniseed-flavoured licorice, but uh, what two flavours have we got there? Milk chocolate tropical and white chocolate raspberry. So, yeah, raspberry licorice has been around for quite a while. But Daryl are definitely branching out with lots of different licorice flavours. And so I thought, yeah, let's give it a spin with the uh, the bullets to see how they have gone flavour-wise. So you've got the, the milk chocolate ones there with the tropical. 
which I'm wondering if it's going to be a, a different flavour to the mango nibs. And then the white chocolate raspberry. So they're pretty uniform. Yeah. Uh, they would be a couple of centimetres long. Milk chocolate outer layer. Inside we've got the flavoured licorice. Now the tropical one is a yellow colour. And as you'd expect, the raspberry one is a red licorice. Yep. What, what's your uh, take on the outset before we even get into it? Well, yeah, the um, tropical ones, from the outside you wouldn't be able to tell they're tropical. No, they look like traditional licorice bullets, like a, an aniseed centre and chocolate outside. Yep. And then the white chocolate, you can obviously tell that. Yep. And then you can see the red ring things on the end, which is... Obviously, where they've dipped it. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't quite set her on the outside. That said, the tropical ones, they've got a bit of a black tinge to them on the outside. Now, the packet yeah. says it should be a yellow licorice on the inside, is it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe The chocolate a... makes it look darker. Darker, yeah. Okay, so... Nice and chewy licorice. Mm-hmm. What have they done for their tropical flavour? Which tropical uh, juices have they used? I mean, I could look on the ingredients, but <laughs> see if we can narrow it down. Unfortunately, the um, chocolate is a very creamy taste. <laughs> it's overpowering the, the licorice on the inside. Mm. Okay, I'm going to strip the um, <laughs> outer layer of chocolate off. To see if I can work out what tropical flavour is in their licorice. It's quite chewy. I want to say there's passion fruit in there. There might be pineapple, maybe. I mean, it would make sense if it was mango, considering that they've got these mango nibs mm -hmm. as a different product. Okay. What's, what's your thoughts flavour-wise? I'm not sure, but you can definitely... Like, you can slightly taste... The tropical, yeah, but can't really taste what it is. <laughs> no, it's it's an undefined, and it's literally undefined on the uh, the packaging as well. It just says tropical flavored licorice. <laughs> it doesn't go into any flavorings. That's wheat flour, sugar, glucose syrup, humectant, sunflower oil, natural flavors, and acidity regulators. So it's not really giving any clues away as to what the tropical flavour is made up of. Mm. There's a QR code on the back there, but um, we, we might keep in suspense. I'm going to say pineapple and passion fruit is my tropical guess there. Yeah, probably. Um, I reckon it might be a little mango since mango? I've got the mm. nib things. But the dominant flavour is definitely the chocolate on the outside. Yeah. Okay, well... Let's turn our attention then to the raspberry bullets. So as you said, you can definitely tell from the outside, white chocolate and raspberry center. Yep. Again, quite chewy. Although, is this softer than the tropical? I don't think so. Mmm. Maybe slightly. I thought it was a softer licorice. No, it's just as chewy. <laughs> um, okay. So again, really creamy chocolate. Yeah. 
the raspberry flavour is a bit stronger than the tropical. Yeah. And you like you've got the creaminess of the white chocolate. Mm-hmm. And then the raspberry is like an aftertaste. Yeah, yeah. Particularly chewing all the way through it. I I didn't have to strip the chocolate off this one to get to the, the flavour though. The the milk chocolate was quite overpowering the tropical taste. Whereas this time round, I can actually taste the raspberry with the white chocolate. They kind of complement each other well. Yeah. But uh, out of those two head-to-head, what would you say is your preference? Raspberry white chocolate. Raspberry white chocolate, yeah. I'm probably on the same page. Just because I can't quite taste the licorice flavour all the way through with tropical. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll move along to the next lot of licorice-inspired. So these are the Daryl Lee Twists. So it's a licorice base and then chocolate on the outside. Now, both this time are milk chocolate. Yeah. One of them is the raspberry center licorice. The other is the traditional kind of aniseed-flavoured licorice. Yeah, the... um. Traditional licorice comes in a brown bag with the pink corner. Oh, the, that's interesting. And then the raspberry ones come in just a all pink bag. Straight up. Now these look like a, uh, a little licorice log. <laughs> yeah. They'd be about five centimetres long, I'm predicting. Yeah. It's a lot thicker compared to the raspberry bullets and the, the chocolate bullets from before. <laughs> the uh, the raspberry one does not want to open for you, does it? No. You can try. Right out, right out. I'll see if I've got... Oh, no. That said, I took a tumble <laughs> this afternoon on the way to the studio. Oh, yeah. And I landed on my arm. Oh, there we go. Got it. <laughs> I landed on my arm, and man, does it hurt. I've lost all feeling in my right thumb. Oh. So uh, it's, it's coming back slowly, but I'm going to bruise badly, I think. Oh, yeah. It was a funky, funky landing. Okay. So we've got our raspberry twist and our licorice twist. Now on the outside it says new and improved, palm oil free, no artificial colours or flavours, all Australian made, of course. Comparing them side by side... Can't tell the difference. No. Although, is the raspberry one thinner? Or is it just the one that I happen to have picked up? I think the... The traditional licorice one is actually a larger diameter. Yeah, die. Okay. Right now. So I'm trying the uh, traditional one first. It's the soft licorice center. Yep. And that is <laughs> very potent. Yeah. It overpowers the chocolate, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so if you're a fan of Daryl Lee licorice, this is um, almost like there's no chocolate on the outside. You get the creaminess of it, but then once the chocolate melts, then... You've just got the licorice flavour. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. It's very nice, though. Like, are you a licorice fan? Yeah. Mm. I'm I'm quite enjoying that. Yeah, it is nice. Now, they're recommending if it's eight servings per pack, again, 25 grams, similar to the M&M's. Yep. Um, Doesn't give you a measurement, though, of how many uh, 25 (laughs) grams is. I'm assuming it's a couple of pieces. Yeah. 
But uh, moving on to the raspberry twist, it's a lot chewier than the soft aniseed licorice. Yeah, and a lot sweeter. Mm. Again, similar, because we've had the raspberry bullet, I kind of knew what I was in for. It's not a sharp taste, but it's a very sweet, kind of raspberry cordial, just yeah. in solid form. Yeah. Yeah, quite sugary. We go down the Healthstar rating side of things. We're looking at per 100 grams, 44 grams of sugar in the regular black licorice twist, and only 42 grams of sugar per 100 uh, in the raspberry twist, which is interesting. Hmm. There's actually more sugar in the black licorice. thought it would have gone the other way. I thought the raspberry was a lot more candied. Yeah. But there you go. Well, I guess licorice is pretty much solid molasses of sorts. Uh, which out of those two are you calling your dominator? I reckon it's the actual licorice. Mm. As I said, very, very strong flavour, but my, does it taste nice. Yeah. The raspberry goes a lot better with the white chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they complement each other well. I thought the white chocolate was nice, but... Um, oh, boy. Okay. Last one. Now, this is kind of just to throw in the mix. It's kind of head-to-head -head against the bullets and the twists. But I just want to see what's the difference between the licorice and the nibs. What are you thinking? These are just twist thingos. Yep. But not covered in chocolate. Not covered in chocolate and smaller. Yeah. Like they are maybe a couple of centimetres long. So it's probably the same length as a bullet, but the same width as a licorice piece. Yeah. These come in three different flavours at the moment. They've got the mango ones, which is what we're trying. They also have strawberry or watermelon. Very juicy. Yeah, I was about to say that. Mmm. Juicy and yet, not a very intense flavour. Yeah. I'm getting kind of sticky mango, <laughs> but not juicy sweet mango. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought it would be a little bit sweeter. Mmm. And it's the same deal, like the, the bullets that we tried, they come in a variety of different flavours. We've just gone with the um, tropical and the raspberry. But they have dark chocolate... Uh, milk chocolate, and then they've got salted caramel bullets as well. Um, then milk chocolate raspberry or white chocolate raspberry and the milk chocolate tropical. And then if we look at the licorice twists, lots and lots of different flavours there. The raspberry with or without chocolate, black chocolate, uh, black chocolate, black <laughs> licorice uh, with or without chocolate, and then dark chocolate licorice twists as well as all the all sorts and just the, the soft-eating licorice on its own. Yeah. So if you're kind of going bullets, twists, nibs, how would you rank those? I reckon the bullets on top, mm -hmm. then the twists, yep. then the nibs. I'm probably putting the twists on top. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, bullets and nibs. Nibs on the bottom... It, it's a strange sensation because it's the thickness of licorice, but just not the length of it. So you probably will find yourself consuming more than you expect. Yeah. But uh, let us know on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. We'll post up there 
some of the things that we have sampled. But let us know, do you have a, a preference for Daryl Lee nibs, twists, or bullets? We'll take a quick break. delight for our sweetest tune now we've been going down the uh, Daryl Lee road and had a look at some of their nibs some of their bullets and uh, some of their twists which yep. song have you chosen for us for our sweetest tune today Max twist and shout by the Beatles yeah now this is probably the most oh, I want to say the most um, well-known recording but uh, the original um, came out in 1961, written by Phil Medley and Peter Burns, uh, and it was recorded by the Top Notes, but it didn't become a hit record until it was reworked in 1962 by the Eiley uh, Brothers, and then it got covered by the Beatles. So they were inspired by um, the Eiley Brothers version, and so they released, released their rendition on Please Please Me. Uh, John Lennon provided the lead vocals and initially felt ashamed of his performance because I could sing better than that, but now it doesn't bother me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, released by the Beatles in the US on March 2nd, 1964, with There's a Place as its B-side, and it uh, was used as the closing number on their Sunday night at the London Palladium in October 1963, as well as their Royal Variety Show performance. So here it is, the... Beatles with Twist and Shout.
that there is Tristan's Shout, our <laughs> sweetest tune on Afternoon Delight. Now, have you ever seen the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No, I haven't. Released in 1986, so it's before your time. But uh, <laughs> in that, uh, Matthew Broderick lip syncs to the Beatles version. And coincidentally, there was a movie released two days after called Back to School. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off is all about him not going to school. <laughs> but then uh, Rodney Dangerfield goes back to school <laughs> and uh, he sang the Beatles version of the song himself. So whereas Matthew Broderick lip-synced, um, Rodney Dangerfield took the plunge and sang it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on Afternoon Delight and be back with a recipe. Afternoon Delight, it is time for us to jump in the kitchen and get a cooking. Uh, what are we making today, Max? Bullet slice. So we've uh, had the raspberry twist and shout in <laughs> their sweetest tune, now we're moving on to the Daryl Lee bullets. Yeah. Um, what do we need to make this particular slice? 250 grams of sweet biscuits, 125 grams of butter melted, Three teaspoons of gelatin powder, 50 grams of cream cheese, 140 grams of caster sugar, 180 grams block of Darrell Lee bullets, 185 ml of thickened cream, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, and three 200 gram packets of Darrell Lee bullets. So there's uh, two lots of Daryly products in here, a chocolate block and the bullets. How do we put it all together? Grease a 4 centimetre deep 17 by 27 slice pan and line the base and two long sides with baking paper, allowing the paper to overhang the long sides. Place the biscuits in a food processor, process until fine crumbs form, spoon into the prepared pan Use a flat-bottomed glass to press and spread the mixture evenly over the base. Place in the fridge for 20 minutes to chill. Meanwhile, place 60ml of water into a small heatproof bowl and sprinkle with the gelatin powder and stir until well combined. Place the bowl inside a larger heatproof bowl. Pour boiling water into the large bowl until it reaches halfway up the side of the small bowl. Set aside, stirring occasionally for five minutes or until the gelatin dissolves. Use electric beaters to beat the cream cheese and sugar in a bowl until smooth. Gradually add the cream, melted chocolate and vanilla. Beat until combined. Add the gelatin mixture and beat until well combined. Spread a little of the cheesecake mixture over the top of the biscuit base. Arrange two packets of bullets in rows to cover the base. Top with the remaining cream cheese mixture. Smooth the surface. Halve the remaining bullets lengthways. 
range your bullets cut side up in a herringbone pattern using the picture as a guide over the surface of the cheesecake and place in the fridge for six hours or overnight until set. And it looks incredible. So it's got that, uh, um, yeah, layered look to it and then the, the texture of the raspberry bullets would be pretty dang nice. Yeah. So we'll uh, stick that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page and um, if you want to try it out yourself, you can. Just before we take a break, it's time for this. Let the world see what you have got. Bring it all back to you. Now, uh, last week on the show, Max, we were talking about the uh, pigs in mud biscuits. Yeah. Which you didn't have in your uh, lifetime, but it no. uh, was definitely something that I remember being pretty awesome in the biscuit barrel. Generated a bit of chat online. Um, there were quite a few people that remembered these and uh, yeah, they would happily see them back on the shelf. I, I would, I would advocate for that. <laughs> but uh, we're going to take a look at another of your suggestions for uh, things you would like to see back on the shelf. So if you've got a suggestion, you can let us know. Head to the Afternoon Delight Facebook page, and um, we've got a pinned post up the top there that uh, is called "Bring It Back." Today we're going to be looking at Incredibites. So these were out around the same time as the Pigs in Mud. I remember them as a uh, a 90s uh, afternoon snack or, or lunchbox treat. Yeah. And um, so again, thanks to the uh, 90s noughties nostalgia page on uh, Facebook for bringing this one to our attention. If I say the word Incredibite, what does it conjure up in your mind? What do you think it is or what would it look like? What sort of treat would an Incredibite be? Um, maybe like a small biscuit mm-hmm. or gummy lolly, maybe. Ah, okay. Now, it's not a gummy lolly. These were not quite a biscuit. They were like little... I can best describe them as pillows. <laughs> so they were a wheat outside, and then they had a fondant inside. So there were chocolate ones, which were more like a Nutella taste. Yeah. They had a strawberry and a vanilla cream. And then their packaging uh, was promoted by these really strange cartoons. So the chocolate one was, I believe, meant to be a hazelnut tree. Um, And so these little bite-sized things... Uh, you would crunch into them, and then it had a soft, gooey center. Oh, yeah. So, again, small packets that would fit in the um, lunchbox, real easy, similar to your cheese dip biscuits or <laughs> snack-style stuff. Yeah. They kind of came in that size. Um, around the same time, again, as Dunkaroos, which we've spoken about on Bring It Back, which uh, do exist in the American market, but not here in Australia for some reason. Uh, But incredible. I can't find pictures of the strawberry (laughs) or the um, vanilla flavour, but I know they existed. So the strawberry one, the the cartoon that promoted it, was uh, something along the lines of flavour that hits you or something like that. It wasn't quite the Samboy chip 
um, <laughs> rip-off slogan, but it was pretty dang close. The strawberry um, character was a giant set of talking lips. Oh, okay. <laughs> the 90s were a weird place. <laughs> um, so their names were um, Vanilla Godzilla, Born to be Wildberry, and Lip Smackin' Strawberry, but I cannot for the life of me remember what the chocolate one was. <laughs> but yeah, each of them had uh, different characters and stuff like that. Similar to a Fruity Bix bar in that they were trying to make a healthy snack in the lunchboxes, but it still had that sweet, chocolatey, so it's probably not good for you in the long <laughs> run. Yeah. Uh, what does it sound like to you? Is it the sort of thing that you would have uh, gone for in the, the lunchbox? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So um, we'll put it up there on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page and let us know. Do you remember the Incredibites? And if so, are they something that should be back on the menu? On that note, you can email lolly at ocrfm.org.au or, as I say, jump on our Facebook page and uh, let us know. We'll be back after this with... It is time for us to open up the Kinder Surprise. Nice and soft chocolate. <laughs> Does make it easy to uh, peel as opposed to crack open. It's a two-piece hippo. <laughs> oh, wow, that couldn't be easier. A lot easier than last week's. Yeah, video. it's super complicated. There we go. Oh, and it still has moving parts even. Yeah. So the jaw opens up and down as you uh, yep. press it up and down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that is pretty much it for this week's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, just before we get out of here, let's have a quick squeeze through the Facebook page um, and take a look back at last week's replies. Uh, so, we were focusing on TikTok biscuits last week, and uh, lots of fond memories obviously conjured up. Jason says the original and the best. Uh, Kathleen says, love these. Jane says, me too. I bought them for the boys to try. They love them. That's uh, excellent feedback to hear. <laughs> uh, we also had a look at the special edition Choc Orange Cookie Cadbury Milk Block. And we pitted head-to-head -head the uh, TikTok Biscuits and the Venetians. Now, you weren't a fan of the Venetians at all, Max. No, they weren't the best. <laughs> it was TikTok for you. Yeah. Uh, what does Facebook say? Uh, oh, Brianna says Venetian, no competition needed. <laughs> hey, the, the theme of our show was TikTok. I was assuming the TikToks were going to win. Um, and our pigs and mud, as I said, uh, people were very, very uh, in favour of seeing them back on the shelves. Now, the other thing, um, we were talking about the packaging of the TikToks. Yeah. Now, I don't know what they do in the factory, but it was the weirdest configuration I've ever come across. In a four-tray system... They managed to stack all the pinks in one except for one yellow. Then all the whites were stacked up on top of each other except for two yellows. 
then half a dozen yellows with two pinks. Yeah. And as we posted up on the Facebook page, that is just not boding well for my OCD. Thankfully, I was not alone. <laughs> uh, David wanted to know how uh, how you could possibly cope with a packet like that. And Sally said, you had one job. I'm with Joff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, that was the only downside, I think, to our uh, TikTok episode. So, Arnott, please make sure that you... I don't know, shuffle the biscuits <laughs> so, yeah. so that those of us with a very strong OCD can uh, get on with our days. Uh, but that is it for this week. Uh, thanks to those who've been playing along online. As always, if you've got suggestions for things you would like to hear on the show, you can jump on our Facebook page, Afternoon Delight, the OCRFM Lolly Show, or uh, you can respond on the podcast or um, send an email, lolly at ocrfm.org.au. All things going well. We'll be back again next Sunday from 3pm to do it all again. Hope you can join us. Yeah. Bye. See ya. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night when everything's a little clearer in the light of Always gonna be there anyway. Big and old is waking up my appetite. Looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Rubbing sticks and stones together makes the sparks ignite. And the thought of love and you is getting so exciting. Sky rockets in flight. Sky rockets in flight. Oh, afternoon delight.